grappling with something this week. Something's went on and maybe nobody knows. Maybe you've not told another soul. And you just sort of wondered how you were going to make it through the rest of the week. Well, I'm so thankful for Jesus today. What man cannot do, he can do. And there's nothing impossible with him. Isn't God good? <laughs> I'm so glad I go to a church like this. I don't know what to do, man. I mean it. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I get an extra benefit. I get to be the pastor, but, man, it's just a blessing to be here today, and, and I appreciate the Lord's, the Lord's blessings. I want you to take your Bibles this morning, if you will, please, and turn over to the book of Psalms. I want you to pray for Brother Brandon. I don't know if you noticed he was moving mighty slow today. And he's got, some, he's got something pretty serious going on with his back. And I told Miss Mandy to quit leave him alone. And, uh, but uh, no, seriously, he's got something ser- serious going on. And so you pray for Brother Brandon. Amen. Any of you folks that have ever had back trouble, you know, that can be so aggravating and hurtful. And so you remember him, if you will. Well, how many want to get something from the Lord today? Amen. 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 I read this little story. It said, after the church service, a little boy told the pastor. He said, when I grow up, I'm going to give you some money. <laughs> well, thank you, the pastor replied, but why? He said, because my daddy says you're one of the poorest preachers we've ever had. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope it won't be like that today. Let's all stand. If you're able, <laughs> if you're able this morning, uh, Psalm 92 and Uh, We don't have to read the whole chapter, but I just want to read it, and it's just such a great chapter, and it's only 15 verses long. And uh, so we're going to read the whole chapter today. When we get to the last three verses, I want you to really, really pay attention. All I'm going to do this morning, Lord willing, is I'm going to try to get through the first point, and then tonight we'll pick up from there, and we'll we'll, uh, see if we can finish the message tonight. And so Psalm chapter 92 and verse number 1 The Bible says, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night upon an instrument of ten strings and upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the work of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. When the wicked spring is the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn shalt thou exhort or exalt like the horn of a unicorn, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eye also shall see my desire on mine enemies, and mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. I want you to read the next three verses with me today, if you will. Ready? Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Can I get an amen right there? Man, what a, what a passage. 
Uh, especially we're going to focus on verse 13 today and then we'll go a little further tonight. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. You may be seated this morning and I want to talk to you a little bit about that subject you see on the screen. It's planting time. It's planting time. Now last week I didn't get to preach on Sunday morning. I mean it just broke loose in here and God was working and folks were testifying and decisions were made and altar was used and and I didn't get a chance to preach. And you preachers know that sometimes when you've got a message that's ready to go, at least you feel like it's ready to go, and then you wait seven days, you know what? Sometimes you'll sort of lose, it'll sort of lose that, that fervor that you had for it. But I want to just make mention that this message has not lost any fervor today. I feel just as strongly today about this message as, I, as I've ever felt and I do believe it's one of, the, it's one of the, the most important messages that I'll bring in a long, long time. And so all day today, we're going to talk about planting. And so uh, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and we're just going to jump into it and see where we end up, and we'll just trust the Lord to bless. Let's pray. Father, <clears throat> thank you so much for the privilege to be at church today. What, a, what an honor. What an opportunity. Oh, God, it's so great. Thank you for the presence of the Lord. Thank you for the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And there's already been a spirit of liberty in here today. Folks using the altar, folks getting help, folks praying, folks praising. And God, we just thank you so much for your blessing. God, as we take just a few minutes now and, uh, and, and, and close this service with preaching and teaching, God, I pray that you'll bless our discussion this morning and I pray it'll make sense. I pray it will be relevant, and I believe it's going to be. More than anything, I pray that it will glorify our blessed Savior. And Lord, we pray that it will edify the church. Help us, we pray, Father. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. I like the idea of flourishing. I like it. I like to be around something that is flourishing. You'll notice in verse number 13, the psalmist said, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. They'll flourish. It's the idea of something that grows or something that blossoms or something that blooms. Man, I love it. I love being around life. I, I just, I, I love life. And, and, I, and uh, by the way, this is the only one you're ever gonna live other than heaven, so you better get the good out of it while you can. And I, I like the idea of flourishing. For instance, I want my family to flourish. And every single parent under the sound of my voice today can identify with what I'm talking about. Nobody wants their family to struggle. Uh, and, and, and occasionally we'll have a family come into the church and their uh, children will be uh, struggling with something, struggling with an addiction, struggling with, with a, a stronghold in their life and it just seems like they just can't get over the hump, you know. They just, all the time, they've never got any money, never got any joy, never got really, never have true happiness. And that's what I'm talking about. Man, I want my, I want my family to flourish. I'll tell you something else. I want my church to flourish. I don't want to go to a dead church. I don't have any desire to go to a dead church. You know, somebody told me anything that's dead ought to be buried. And that's the truth, isn't it? A lot of churches out there are so dead today, and we're not any better. Don't get me wrong. We're not any better than anybody or any church. And, 
And, and by the way, not everybody has to do everything like we do it. Not everybody's music has to be the same as ours. Not everybody's preaching style has to be the same as ours. And there's a lot of good churches out there. They're different, but we're independent. And they're, and, uh, and they're doing a great job for the Lord. But I, I want to be, uh, be a part of something that flourishes. Now, you'll notice here the Bible did not say those that are simply in the house of the Lord shall flourish. That's not what it said. There's a lot of people in churches today and there's even a lot of folks that are members of churches today, but they're not flourishing. And they're not flourishing because simply they've never been planted in the house of the Lord. Let me see if I can build on that thought just a little bit and illustrate what I'm talking about. Did you know that you can be somewhere without being there? Uh, we, my wife and I, we like to watch football some. We like Carolina Panthers. They're not doing so hot, but we like Carolina Panthers. They're our team. And Coach Rivera has a famous catchphrase that he uses among his players, and this is it. He says, guys, I need you to be where your feet are. I need you to be where your feet are. In other words, a player can be on the field but not really be on the field if their mind is somewhere else. Did you know that you can be in your house but not really be home? I mean, think about it with me this morning. You can, uh, you can be there but not be there. I think about the little story I heard about the, uh, the dad had come home from work. It had been a long day, and he had a little boy just coming up, and he was just so excited about seeing his dad. I hadn't seen him all day long, and he couldn't wait till dad got home. They were going to play and have a time, and, and, uh, and so his dad walked in the door, and man, that little boy was all over daddy, and, and he was like, daddy, play with me, and let's do this, and let's throw the ball, and, uh, and you know, the daddy, it had been a long day, and he was just trying to, you know, he was trying to sort of watch a little television and, and uh, halfway read the newspaper, and then he was trying to sort of play with the little boy. And how many know that kids are not dumb? And uh, you know what? Kids are a lot more smarter than we, than we think they are. And, and, uh, and so the little boy picked up on that, that uh, daddy was just, you know, sort of in and out, and he was watching television and sort of pitching ball and, and uh, not really into it. And finally, the little boy went over, got right in front of his daddy in between he and the television. He took his hands and he cupped his hands around his eyes and he put his nose right up to his daddy's nose with his hands like this and he said, Daddy, play with me. You know what he was saying? Daddy, you're here, but you're not here. Daddy, I want you to concentrate I want, you to, I want you to concentrate on what you're, what you're doing. How many know that you can be present at work but not really be on the job? Happens all the time, doesn't it? That's where, uh, where a lot of accidents come from, where people are distracted and they're not, they're not paying attention to what they're supposed to be doing. How many know this? Maybe you can identify with this. You can be in your automobile but not really be in your automobile. <laughs> uh, happens all the time. I mean, listen, I'll get out. I've got 10,000 things I'm supposed to be doing. And so I'll hop in my truck. Man, I jump on I-77. I'm heading to town to run some errands, pick up some things, and before I know it, I'm heading to the church. And I'm thinking, Lord, I wasn't even supposed to be going to the church today. And I'm just, you know what, man, she's just on cruise control. I mean, it's just going, and I'm not even thinking. How many have ever been in your car and you missed your exit? You knew where you were supposed to get off, but you went right by it. Your mind wasn't even there. You were 10,000 miles away. You know why? You were in the car, but you weren't in the car. And, uh, and how about this? It's exactly why lawmakers 
are being forced to pass legislation against texting and driving. Because you can be in the car physically, but emotionally and mentally, you're somewhere else altogether. It's exactly why a lot of times in the service, I'll say something like this to the crowd, especially in a youth service. I'll say, give me your eyes. Give me your eyes. If I've got your eyes, I've got your mind and your heart. Now, I want you to notice this morning, Scripture says those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. If you really want to be planted in the house of God and flourish, I believe your pastor is going to tell you how you can do it today. By the way, did you know one of the greatest decisions you'll ever make is to be planted in God's house? It is. It is. Absolutely. Salvation is the most important decision you'll make. The person you choose as a mate for life is a super important decision in your life. But those who say, you know what, I'm going to make the choice. I'm going to make the conscious decision that I'm going to be planted in God's house. I'm going to tell you what, it is, I mean, right up there at the very, very top because the Bible says those that are planted in the house of the Lord are going to flourish. Uh, in June, we're going to go out, Lord willing, in June, we're going to go out to California for a few days and Amber's going to be having the baby and we're going to be holding a marriage workshop for Haven Baptist Church. And some of you folks have been out west. And when you go out west, uh, a lot of times, especially up in the high desert, you'll see these little things blowing around everywhere. They're called tumbleweeds, and they're everywhere. I mean, they just, they're on the interstate, they're on the roads, they're in people's carports. I mean, they just, they're everywhere. They're just blowing everywhere. Now, let me tell you why. Because those, those bushes are no longer planted, and they just blow all over the place. And I wrote that down to say this. Did you know you'll never know where those tumbleweeds are going to be? Sometimes they're in high places. Oftentimes they're in low places. And a lot of times those tumbleweeds are used in trash and used for killing a fire or, or they're taken to the dump. Listen to what the Bible says in Isaiah 40 and verse 24. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth and he shall also blow upon them and they shall wither and the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. And this is all I'm saying. We've got a lot of folk that are in our churches that are even members of our churches that are nothing more than spiritual tumbleweeds. They're all the time up. Sometimes they're down. I mean, you never know where they're going to be. You never know what mood they're going to be in. You never know what kind of spirit they're going to be in. Sometimes they're happy. Oftentimes they're sad. It seems like they never have that constant joy and contentment. And I'll tell you why. Because somewhere along the line, they got in, the, in God's house, but they never got planted in the house of the Lord. Those that be planted shall flourish in the courts of our God. Now, I want to talk to you just a little while this morning about the requirement of planting. If something's going to be planted, you know what? And this is so simple this morning. But if something's going to be planted, it requires a few things. Here, here we go. You ready? Planting requires soil. Now, I brought just a, today I brought just a few visuals to see if I could, could help you just a little bit today. And uh, I brought me a little pot right there. And, uh, and I brought me some, let me get the old trusty pocket knife out here. And I brought some soil today. And uh, you know what, if you're, a, if you're a gardener, then you know what I'm talking about. And so if you're going to plant something, 
you got to have some soil. And we're going to make, before this is over with today, we're going to make a big old mess. Amen. Amen. Now, you got to have soil. If you're going to plant something and get something to grow, you got to have soil. The reason a lot of folks aren't planted is because the soil is not where it needs to be. Now, here's what's so great about the Word of God. Did you know the Bible, the Bible tells us what the soil is in the Word of God? Now, I want you to take your Bibles this morning, please. Now, I want you to turn over with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, and look at verse number 15 this morning. Mark chapter 4 and verse number 15, and the Bible tells us what the soil is. Mark chapter 4 and verse number 15. And the Bible says, And these are they by the wayside, where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately, here it is, and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And so the soil that I'm talking about today is a type of your heart. Did you know the Bible even tells us what the good soil is? You don't have to turn there. But in Luke chapter 8 and verse number 15, the Bible says, But that, that on the good ground are they which in, an, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. And so soil is the heart. Now, please hear me out this morning, church. If you and I are going to be planted, the Bible's teaching us something here. If we're going to be planted, we're going to have to put our heart in the house of the Lord. That's what the Bible's saying there. Uh, if we're going to be planted, now if you're going to come and just, uh, uh, you know, just sort of come in and go out and be one of those spiritual tumbleweeds and we never know quite where you're going to be, then uh, you, you don't have to listen to this. But if you want to be planted in the house of the Lord, that means that your heart is going to have to be in the house of God. Have you ever heard someone say this? Your heart's not in it. Your heart's not in it. Come on, man. Your heart's not in it. Any of you folks that played sports when you were in high school, your coach probably said that. Come on, your heart's not in it. Come on, get with it. Get back down to that stance. Come on, your heart. Your heart is not in it. Did you know you're not going to come to the house of God and continuously, continuously be a spectator without ever become a, becoming a participator and be planted? It's exactly why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, you'll never, hear a, you'll never hear a more simpler message than what you're going to hear this morning, but I want you to hear me out, and this is what I'm saying. When it's time to go to church, you know what you ought to do? You ought to do your best to clear your mind and clear your schedule on the Lord's day. Why? So your heart can be here. So the soil, so the soil can be right here. James chapter one, verse number eight, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Old illustration, I've used it 10 million times. You've been here at Calvary, you've heard it, you could, you could quote it without me being here. But my little mom, my, my little mom is still sort of old school. She's still old-fashioned. And, and on Sunday morning at the house, we'd get up and mom would always prepare breakfast on Sunday morning and we would eat breakfast. And I don't know why we done it this way. It's just the way we done it. But we always left the dishes on the, on the table and went and got ready for uh, church. And then we'd come home. We'd clean the table up. Mom would be preparing the, the afternoon meal. 
And uh, But anyway, we'd get done with breakfast and everybody would go to their different places in the house, start getting ready for church. And as a boy, a lot of times I'd run down the hallway to the bedroom, I'd throw on something real quick, comb my hair a little bit, and I was ready. I was ready to go. I'd run back in the living room. I'd turn on Woody Woodpecker or the Three Stooges, and I'd be watching Molary and Curly. And uh, now, wait a minute now. And my old school mama would come in there and she'd say, turn that off. Turn that off. She said, that doesn't prepare you for the word. Turn that off. Turn that off. Now, I didn't know what my mom was doing back then, but my mom was actually trying to prepare the soil for what was getting ready to happen just a little bit. My mom was trying to prepare our heart for church. Now, listen, if you come to the house of God, but the whole time you're thinking about the Carolina Panthers or, uh, or uh, the Los Angeles Rams or, or the uh, uh, Los Angeles Dodgers or you're thinking about football or you're thinking about baseball. Uh, you know what? Your heart is not going to be where it's supposed to be. If you come here and you're thinking about, boy, uh, Tiger Woods is supposed to tee off at 1250 or uh, they're, they're, they're playing a golf match somewhere, your heart is not going to be here. I love to fish. Don't get me wrong. But if you're here on Sunday morning and you're thinking about that big bass in Lake Norman, your heart is not going to be where it's supposed to be. If you come here to the church, and you know what? I'm not, listen, I'm not against, I think you ought to meet your loved one in the house of God. But if you come to church and all you've got your mind on is that bow that you're sitting beside, or that young lady that smells pretty, and that's all you've got your mind on, your heart is not going to be where it's supposed to be. If you come to the house of God and the whole time the preacher is preaching, he may never know it, but you're back there texting just as fast as I'm preaching. You're texting this phone, texting this teenager. Man, you're texting this, uh, this associate and the whole time you're working on your phone or you're checking your emails. Uh, how many know that your heart is not gonna be where it needs to be? If you walk in the house of God and you're upset at somebody across the aisle or you're upset at somebody and you're thinking about them and you're thinking about that grudge and you're thinking about those hard feelings or you're thinking about how they hurt you. I'm just saying this, that your heart is not going to be where it's supposed to be. If you are going to be planted in the house house of God. Brother, you're going to have to have the soil here. And that means your heart, oh yes, yes, yes. Your heart needs to be here. I mean, every time you walk in that door, say, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, help my heart to be here today. Help me to forget about everything else. Help me to forget about the problems outside and the burdens outside. And Lord, help my heart to be here so you can work on my heart. I think that's probably why the writer of Proverbs said in Proverbs 23, 26, my son, give me thine heart. I think that's probably why the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 15, 8, this people draweth nigh to me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Why were those same folks that lived in the day of Jesus who heard his teaching, who heard his preaching, who watched him do miracles, and yet their lives were never changed. Can I tell you why? Because their mouth was with him, but they were texting somebody. Their mouth was with him, but you know what? They were thinking about baseball or fishing or they were thinking about golf or they were thinking about the bills or they were thinking about making money. Oh, listen, this is all I'm saying. When you come to church, be where your feet are. Be where your feet are. Yep. 
Man, when, you, when, you, when you're here, be here. When you're here, don't be at home. When you're here, don't be on a date. When you're here, don't be in the virtual world somewhere. Man, oh man, oh man, whatever you do, don't you dare be playing some kind of electronic game while your preacher's up here pouring his heart out to you and his soul out to you. Brother, be where your feet are. Make sure your heart is here. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This wasn't originally in the message, but God began to speak to my heart. And I thought, Lord, how can I help them with that? Yes, their heart needs to be here. Those young people, their heart needs to be here, but how can I help them with that? Well, the Lord's given it to us right there. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be. So let's talk about that treasure just a little bit. How about this? You say, Pastor, how can I get my heart in the house of the Lord? Well, several things. Number one, invest your tithe. Do you know that folks are usually pretty connected to their pocketbook? And so invest your tithe. If you want your heart to be here, invest your tithe. Malachi chapter three, verse number eight. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? And God answers and says in tithes and offerings, you're cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation, bringing all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Listen, every time you walk in here, give something, man, give something. Well, you say, Pastor, I can't give as much as so-and-so. You're not supposed to give as much as so-and-so. And this is not a competition, and we're not seeing who can give the most. Right. Brother, listen, this is not a money-raising uh, uh, fundraiser. This is, you know what? We give our tithes to the house of God, and you say, tithe, what is a tithe? That's 10% of your income. And somebody said a tithe is really not you giving 10%. A tithe is God letting you keep 90, amen. And how many know this, that every time you give to our great big God with a little spoon, he always shovels it back with a big old snow shovel every single time. I'm telling you, that's how God, you can't help. My daddy told me when I was growing up, he said, son, you can't help give God. You can't help give God. You can't help give God. And guess what I learned later in life? You can't help give God. God will always take care of you. You want your treasure to be here. You want your treasure to be up in this new building? Tell you what you do. Invest your tithe. You say, pastor, I don't make a lot of money. Listen, when I mowed the churchyard for our church, I made $10 a week. $10 a week. But my daddy was always faithful to remind me. He said, son, 10% of that goes to the Lord. That ain't making $10 a week. 10% of that goes to the Lord. Is that income? Yes, sir. 10% of that goes to the Lord. Yes, sir. And then God, and then my daddy would say, listen, if you'll give to God, God will always take care of you. Amen. I can hear him. Man, he, I can hear him saying that so many times. And daddy would say, it may not come when you think it ought to come. But he said, God's always on time. And he said, God will always meet your needs. If you'll take care of his work, God will always meet your needs. And guess what? My daddy was telling the absolute truth. And so if you want your, if you want your treasure, your heart to be here, invest your time. How about this? Number two is invest your time. Invest your time. 
Hey, church, when you come to church, come expecting to stay for a while. And I appreciate all those wonderful, loyal church members who come to me often and say, Pastor, would you please forget the time? Pastor, would you please quit saying, we're not going to be much longer. Would you please quit saying that? And I guess every preacher worries about that just a little bit. But I'm so thankful that we have some folks who when they come, they come to come. And how many know we come to get in, not to get out? Now listen, let me help you this morning. Let me help you. And I'm serious, but let me help you this morning. If you want your heart to be here, I'm going to tell you how you can do it. Don't always plan to arrive at the very last minute. We say, Pastor, Sunday school don't start till 10. I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd be here at least by 9.50 then. Don't always plan to arrive at the very last minute. And here it is. And don't plan on rushing away as soon as the service is over. Just come plan on staying for a while. You say, preacher, I'm busy. I doubt very seriously that there's anybody here that's a whole lot busier than I am. But when I come here, I plan on staying. I want to tell you what, but I just love it, brother. I love you, buddy. I love you, brother. Amen. Amen. Love you. All you guys. I even love, I even love Josh right here. Amen. Isn't that a blessing? All these guys, everyone, and this guy right here is such a hard worker. And this guy's such a great teacher. And this sister right here is such a blessing. And I love you. Man, listen, when I come here, I come to stay. I want my heart to be here. Now we're we got time. We got time. I want you to take your Bibles. I want to show you a story. Turn over to Exodus chapter 30, Exodus chapter 33. Preacher, would you please quit worrying about the time? Exodus chapter 33. Let me ask you a question. Who was the great leader that led the children of Israel? Anybody remember that great leader? Moses was that great leader. Some scholars say that the children of Israel could have numbered in, in, in up to 3 million. No cell phones. No bullhorns, no emails, uh, and yet somehow he was able to lead supernaturally all those children of Israel. But when Moses, the great prophet, when Moses moved off the scene, another man stepped in to Moses' shoes. And that man's name was Joshua. Joshua, the great leader Joshua. Now you say, Pastor, why do, you believe that, why do you believe that God put his anointing on Joshua and blessed Joshua in such a great way? I'll tell you one reason. Because I believe Joshua understood this truth right here and he believed in being planted. Amen. Now I want you to look, if you will, at Exodus chapter 33 and verse number nine. And the Bible says here, and it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended. That's the Shekinah glory, the presence of God. And stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. Can y'all imagine that? And the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face. As a man speaketh unto his friend. Watch closely. And he, talking about Moses, 
and he turned again into the camp. In other words, Moses turned and left the tabernacle and went into the camp. But look what your Bible says. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. You know what Joshua said? Oh, Lord, this is so good. I feel your presence. Now, you understand that Joshua was always by Moses' side. But, brother, when Moses left that day, Joshua said, I'm just going to hang around here for a little while if that's okay. I'm just going to stay in the house of the Lord. I'm just going to hang out in the tabernacle. Listen to me, church. Let me help you this morning. And those that are watching by way of the overflow room, I hope you're not texting. I hope you're listening this morning. Uh, listen, I'm just telling you, when you come to the house of God, don't come to get out, man. Just come and say, hey, we're going to stay a while. I'm going to invest my time. How about this? Let's go on. How about this? Number next is this. Invest your talent. Invest your talent. When you come to the house of God, use your gift. Use your gift. Listen, if you've got a voice and you can sing, you know what? You ought to think about getting up here in the choir. You ought to go to Brother Brandon and say, Brother Brandon, I'm not singing in the choir now, but I'm really thinking about it. What do you think? Can you help me pray about it? I want to seek the Lord's will about it. And if you've got a voice, man, oh man, if God's given you a gift of a voice, use it, use it. If you're here this morning and you play an instrument, use it. Man, invest that talent in the things. Lord, don't keep your gift hidden. Don't put your light under a bushel when you come to the house of God. Invest your gift every time you come. Oh, yes. Hey, we got a 50-seat choir we got to fill up up here. And we're working on it right now, by the way. Amen. Invest your talent. How about this? Invite your tribe. Now, we're talking about your heart being here. And so you say, Pastor, I want my heart to be in the house. Lord, what can I do? Invite your tribe. What do you mean, preacher? Your family. Man, invite your family. I mean, talk. if grandma's not going anywhere, get grandma here. And if you've got, you've got siblings that aren't going anywhere and you're concerned about their soul, man, get them to the house of the Lord. And invite them and go by and pick them up and sit with them in the service and say, man, you ought to come to Calvary. Get your coworkers here and your neighbors here and uh, get your family here. Get your tribe here. Now, let me tell you why church is so big for me and for this young lady right down here. You know why? Partly because our family's here. Now, that may not always be, and it's not, is it? Because a lot of our family's in Los Angeles this morning. But I'm just saying this. Did you know that I can't just pick up and leave? I can't just not show up tonight. You know why? I'm invested. I can't just get mad at some little petty thing and not show up next week. Why? I got a wife and kids and grandkids that are in this church. I want God to keep working. I want God to keep saving. I want those grandbabies to come to know Jesus as their Savior. I can't just leave. Why? I'll tell you why. My heart's here. My heart's here. You want to you get planted? I'll tell you how to get planted. Soil. Soil. Check your Bible out. Soil is the heart, type of the heart. And every time you walk in that door, whichever door you walk in, say, Lord, help my heart to be right here. Lord, would you take all these other thoughts and just phase them out for a little while? And God, help my heart. Help me to be where my feet are, Lord. Help me to be where my size 13s are, Lord. 
Help me to be where my feet are. David Livingston was known as one of the greatest missionaries that ever walked the earth. He was a missionary to, to the continent of Africa. And they said that when his body was found and they examined his body, that he had 22 different diseases in his body. But David Livingston would not stop. While he served on that very rugged field, his arm, he was attacked by a lion and his arm was mauled by a lion. And they said that one of David Livingston's arms he could not use, it just sort of hung to his side lifelessly. That lion had mauled his arm, but he would not stop. His wife, they said his wife died early in ministry, but David Livingston would not stop. It said that he walked 29,000 miles in his journeys. And he penned these words in his diary. He said this, send me anywhere. Only go with me. Lay any burden on me. Only sustain me. Sever me from any tie but the tie that binds me to your service and to your heart. David Livingston died. The England sent an expedition team to Africa to retrieve his body. They were going to take David Livingston, the great missionary, back to Westminster Abbey and have his funeral and bury his body. And the natives said, wait, you can't. And they said, we must. We have orders. We have to take his body back to England. They said, wait, you can't. He loved us. He loved Africa. And they said, we have no recourse. We have to take him back. And the natives said, well, then at least give us his heart. And there in those darkest of jungles, they did a surgery. And they took the heart of David Livingston out of his body and buried it in the soil of Africa. You know why? His heart. His, his heart was Ask you a question. Where's your soil? Where's your soil today? Is your soil all twisted up with a text? Is your soil at a NASCAR race or a fishing tournament? Is your soil all intertwined with somebody that you've got hard feelings with right now? If we're going to be planted, we're going to have to make sure we've got some soil. And that means we're going to have to put our heart in the house of God. Would you bow your heads with me all over the house? Father, thank you for this time we've had together. And even though I was the one doing the preaching, Lord, you were speaking to my heart in such a powerful way while I was preaching. God, help us to be where our feet are. Father, I pray that you would give us a church full of people at Calvary Baptist Church who every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every time they walk through these doors, every revival, every special meeting, God, I pray our hearts will be here. Now tonight we'll talk about what goes in that heart, but God help our hearts to be here. Lord, it could be there may be somebody here today that has never given their heart to Jesus Christ. They've never trusted Jesus as Savior. 
And I pray today, Heavenly Father, before this service is through, that somebody would say today, I'm giving my heart to Christ. I'm not perfect, but I'm giving my heart to Christ. Lord, if you'll you'll save me, I want you to save me. And then, Lord, I pray that you'd help Christians to come. And I pray today they would say, Lord, you got my heart. I want to be planted in the house of the Lord. Today, I want you to have my heart. I want my heart to be here. I want you to be able to have that soil where you can till it and fertilize it and plant it. God, have thy way in this invitation, please, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Folks are already in the altars. Let me ask a question or two. How many are here this morning? You'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that I'm saved. If you can honestly say that between you and Christ, would you just slip your hand up very quickly? You can take it right back down after you've raised it. Praise the Lord. Isn't that a blessing? Be able to raise your hand about that. Now I want to ask another question. I'm not going to come back. I'm not going to. I'm not going to drag someone down there. I've never done that, never. I'm not going to do it today. But I'll tell you what I would like to do. I'd like to say a prayer for you. I'll not pray for you by name, but God will know who you are. I wonder how many are here today. You'd say, Pastor, honestly and truly, if I died today, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. And I want you to pray for me and with me today. I'm not sure about that, but I am concerned. Would you please remember me? You'd slip your hand up right now. Come on, be honest. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, be honest. Right now, you'd slip your hand up. Pastor, pray for me. Just remember me when you pray. Remember me. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Hey, Christian, where's your heart today? Is your heart in the house of the Lord? Would you stand with us quietly all over the house this morning? Father, thank you so much for this time we've had together today. And God, I want to thank you for the personal challenge that you've placed upon my heart. God, when I'm here, I want to be here. I want my heart to be here. I want you to be able to speak to me. I want you to be able to, if you need to convict me, I want you to convict me. God, if you need to to bring about a change in my life, I want you to change me. God, whatever it might be, maybe I just maybe I walk in here and I need some encouragement. God, help my heart to be here so you can encourage my heart. God, I pray you'd have your way in this invitation. Please, work in the hearts of these that need to be born again. Jesus, that's completely in your hands. I pray, though, that you'd do something great. And then, Lord, I pray that you'd help Christians all over this house to say, Lord, Help my heart to be planted in the house of God. I want to flourish in the courts of the Lord. Have thy win this invitation. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. If you're here this morning and you need to come, many have already come, but if you need to come, the altar's still open this morning. If you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I am not sure that heaven's going to be my home. All right. I'm going to make my way to the main floor. And I'm going to invite you to come. And we'd like to take the Bible and show you how to be saved. I I promise you, we'll not embarrass you for anything. But we want to try to help you. Would you come while we wait? You come this morning. I'll meet you down here on the main floor. You come while we wait. We're praying together as Christians. You come this morning.